0: This is now officially the show.
1: Hi. Hey there. Hi, everybody. Hey there, fellas. Hello, Sydney, listening to us on uh, chat GPT. On my computer,
2: having uh, debased myself and selected Microsoft defaults for everything so that I could have access to Bing. Well, that's news for everything. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Um. They have like a tool. It's called the like online optimization tool or something like that. Putting quotes up. Uh, And what it actually does, is just change all your defaults to be Microsoft and it makes MSN your homepage and blah, 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 blah. Uh, And if you do all that and you download Bing on your phone, then you get off the waitlist faster. It took me like a day to get off the waitlist. And now I have a a chat bot, which I can use to make my uh, coworkers go, huh? And that's about it.
0: felt like that was as good a place as any. Okay, Fair so enough. this is going to be like a wild card episode, I think, but I'll I'll do the introductions as normal. So like, it's not too wild card because Jason's no, not it's doing a wild well. We don't want it to be completely way out it, there, right?
1: It's a wild card anytime I'm here, fellas, which is every That's time. <laughs> yeah, Through so, fever, whether COVID or flu, through fever, through shaking, through, I don't oh, know, no. just <laughs> aching, not feeling great. I'm here. My voice is ready.
0: Yeah, as you as we don't we appear to be trembling.
2: As we established before, you're wild card. I'm a wild card. Andrew's the straight man. That's I'm how this podcast man. goes. I just
0: try to get through the introductions every time. That's all I do is I just... I spend the first five minutes saying hello and welcome to Esquiring Minds. I see how far I get. Episode and we 8. we do our
2: best to make sure that you can't do that very well. For February. We do our best to make sure that
0: you get interrupted every time. 2023. 2023. Congratulations,
1: fellas. We've just found our first bit.
0: Yeah. The show is three lawyer friends goofing around for your <laughs> enjoyment. Anyway. And and nothing we say should be taken as legal advice. I'm one of those friends. I'm Andrew Leahy, a tax and technology attorney from New Jersey. I'm joined with... Jason, a very sick man. Hey, I feel really,
1: really bad for everybody who's listening on listening to this at not one speed right now because Andrew just went super duper fast. Everybody's gonna New strategy. Yeah, you're gonna sound like a chipmunk for sure. That's not happening. And I'm that also works. joined
0: by Jake, who is the Reedy Creek expert extraordinaire for at least one more week.
2: Yeah. Right? That's, I, mean, I think that's we're probably gonna I talk about, about that actually. A for a living. living, I write unpaid articles for Bloomberg. That's what I do.
0: Oh, I see. That's why you're kind of in that hovel there. And the listeners can't see that you're in that sort of pile of rubble. podcasting On your phone. And
2: in exchange for $0 rent, uh, my cabinets just slowly creep towards me and eventually I will be crushed to death.
0: Um, Okay.
1: Yeah. This is totally not fair. Kelly has totally decorated that place very nicely. She has. So when my blood gets on it, it's going to be really messed up.
0: Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay so it's gonna be one of those kind of nights right yeah we're all a little loopy yeah I'm, i just got I'm out, always... of a,
2: out of a long bar meeting so i'm ready to you know talk about ai like all the cool people do
0: okay well i mean so we i think one of the topics we have our mini topic do we still want to talk about this we put this in way early in the yeah week, and it's about uh the layoffs that are going on in the legal profession generally do we have what are our like i, I mean well, my thought is this is a cycle right <laughs>
2: yeah that they're they're not immune the big law firms especially are not immune to the overall trends they they want to be big businesses and so right. everybody's laying people off so now we're gonna lay people off but it's funny because I I have friends who are big law partners who are responsible for hiring and they just recently have been saying how they can't find anybody to fill their positions so I think it, this is kind of fake
0: a little bit really just like looking to cut dead weight that they've been looking to do for a while. And oh, I'll just blame it on inflation.
2: Well, yeah, I sure. I, I don't know. I, or just like very minor or like specific firms, like the one right. that I'm thinking of, they had, um, they cut down positions already, not as layoffs, but just like they stopped hiring specifically right. with the idea that they would get more billable hours out of their associates that they had. Um, and Great strategy, more. yeah. And then all those associates kept leaving, and then they couldn't find anybody for their new for their new positions. I'm getting I'm getting hounded by recruiters. I don't know, like, yeah, yeah, because I have real ridiculous as, in my right. in my bio. So
0: I don't. They don't. I mean, they don't seem to really distinguish. I get things for corporate. I get stuff for IP. I get stuff that I have. I have no. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even know why they would think that I have a connection to it. Oh, I'm, yeah. you yep. know, my my client is a major firm. A I like when it's like a vault top one twenty five, and you kind of know like, well, you're not mm-hmm. one hundred through one twenty. <laughs> oh yeah, you know I mean? like one... I can could, I could pretty much zero in where you are. I mean, this yeah. is not you're not number five. It's a
2: vault one twenty five with a like really specific city office. So it's like yeah. with uh-huh. an office in like Buffalo, right. and it's like okay, right. that I know where you are. Yeah, you I know what are. this is. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I can... mean, we were, yeah what were you gonna you say can... Andrew <laughs> or Jason J- Jason go for it no, I'm pointing at you. It's,
1: it's you can kind of tell <laughs> when uh, things are getting really really slow for uh law firm hiring because you start to get the recruiters who are just extra thirsty like I got a recruiter yeah. the other day and this is not an uncommon thing to get a recruiter email uh or even a recruiter call which is super obnoxious uh because like I'm a millennial why are you calling me like text me first yeah. <laughs> uh but uh You can kind of tell when they're getting super thirsty and the work is drying up. So somebody, one of them emailed me the other day and wants to work on my resume with me. I've been a lawyer for (laughs) 13 years. Like I know how to write my resume. I've managed to get jobs. Right. Yeah. Uh,
2: That kind of plays into like one of the, I don't really, when I get uh, approached by a recruiter, the first couple of times I was like, wow, I feel so like, I feel so complimented right now. Uh, and knowing a little bit more about how this, how the legal recruiter economy works. If they're contacting you, that just means that they think you were like at all worth worth even talking to. There's a possibility mm-hmm. that you are worth talking to that you could po- possibly be selected for a job. It really right. doesn't. Like they are not looking for you. They are looking for people whose resumes are plausible. Uh, yeah. And uh Yeah.
1: Do you get so I have I, one
0: I have a recurring spam email from some recruiter that refers to me mm-hmm. as attorney Leahy as though they don't have my first name mm-hmm. and I can't figure out do you get that as well just like attorney and then your last name but like yeah put in the email as though that is your name like it's not it's not an honorific they oh, clearly oh, just don't weird. have a first okay. <laughs> name. <Yeah. laughs> oh really? They don't have
1: any oh, they funny. have attorney
0: yeah. I know uh, right. I, I thought it was I don't get that one yeah. of those
1: things. I thought it was one of those things where they're like we live in a time where th- names are even less gender specific than they used to be. And so like they probably just do that for their sp- like, uh, oh gosh, what do you call it? They're procedurally generated right. uh, emails that hmm. go out so that they have like a non-gender specific ad- address for people. I- oh, that's I a
2: good point. That's what it is. But that that makes sense. Now they're treating sense. it like your name. Yeah. yeah. That, that's weird. That that does make sense uh, though. I do know some people that use attorney as like the, the honorific the right. front the front for doctor uh right. esquire yeah <laughs> right. instead of ask esquire at the end attorney i've been called attorney schumer in person by somebody who can see me so um really <laughs> yes okay at a at, there's a specific city that we represent where everybody calls me attorney schumer and i'm like okay i'll i'll is be it possible schumer. they
0: don't know your first name
1: but well, i lost you is is it possible they don't know your
0: Hi, first Andy? name is it that they're, they're just is gambling it, guess
1: guess who's got some editing work to do this week oh or, no do i
2: no i bet it's gonna sound awesome
0: on andrew's end
1: yeah uh, i'm gonna sound
0: fine be. because it's recording locally yeah perfect you'll just never What'd know you what you say though i said, though? <laughs> I said they, is it possible they don't know your first name
2: oh i you know that is possible <laughs> we we are pretty new but no i they've they've used my first name and also attorney schumer at the same time, so. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's possible.
1: If we turn, uh, if we turn this into a challenge podcast, Jake, I want, by the time we get to episode 12, I want you to insist upon being addressed at that town meeting as, or county or whatever, as Dr. Schumer.
2: <laughs> Cause I have a juris doctor. It's legit. Yeah. juris yeah. doctor. Do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We are challenge. all doctors.
1: Yeah. Do you guys yes. use
0: ESQ at the end of your name? Like in any, in anything ever? I absolutely never do. Jake in, uh, totally does.
2: In signatures on filings. Yes. Oh okay. Uh, I don't I know see. why. Right. I really don't need it, but it's. I don't know if you have your Florida so, bar number on there. I guess it doesn't matter. But uh, some right.
1: paralegal started doing it for you like three years ago, and you just copy pasta ever since. I just, mm.
2: I just copy. It wasn't a paralegal. It was just like a copy pasta from previous filings, and that's how it's been forever. Uh, it what was also email when I was a when I was a public defender. We had asked. It's. I don't think I've seen. I, I haven't been looking, but I can't think of a time when I saw a Florida filing where the person did not describe
1: them as ask themselves as asks me, my Florida filings,
2: you, you,
0: yeah, but it, you're pro hacking in You're pro hack.
1: I know it doesn't count. I am, I am a hack. Yeah.
0: Okay. So yeah, we don't, I mean, I don't think there's much to really talk about with the, the layoffs. My thought is just, uh, there's gotta be a better way to do this. It, we're not that far removed from them having huge signing bonuses for people. Yeah. Um, during like during COVID, right? These like $100,000 signing bonuses for fifth and sixth years, seventh years to, be, to, to come to these big law firms. And now you're uh, less than a year out and they're cutting people and you're they're less than a year out from doing it all over again. They'll be hiring people yeah. again.
2: I, There's got to be some better think, way to handle this. I do think partial, part of it is an excuse to hire or to fire people that they didn't, that they just didn't want. Right. They never got cause to fire. You know, they never had like a major mistake, yeah. uh, but they've just been like, eh, they kind of suck. We'll just keep them around, and okay, now it's now it's the culling time. It's the right. it's the lottery, but for law firms, you know, the lottery short story about the town. Anyway,
1: um, this I'll have to put this that is, in the show notes. It's just a meat Please. grinder, is what it is. The, and I don't mean just big law. I mean even like mid law and sometimes small law. Like, it's a meat grinder where we don't value people, and that's one of the most frustrating things about it. Uh, naturally the employment lawyer is going to be the one who gets up on a soapbox and talks about how important this relationship <laughs> is for most people. But you spend more time with your, at work with your coworkers, like doing work for your employer, for your boss, than you do with your family in an average week, like a work week. You spend 40 to 50 to, I mean, if you're at one of these big law firms, you're probably spending close to like 70 or 80 hours a week there. And, uh, completely neglecting your family in the process. If you have a family. Uh, or neglecting your other hobbies or social uh, circles or like your health. And uh, y- then you're tossed out of the meat grinder once they're done turning you into sausage. And I think that whole thing sucks. And maybe this no. is me getting on a soapbox for, you know, employees generally. Maybe it's me getting on a soapbox and saying, hey, you know, this wouldn't happen to you guys if everybody was just solo or in very small firms.
2: Yeah. <laughs> everybody right? Everybody's just going to work for themselves.
1: And um, like, that's one of my favorite things about being a lawyer is that I never have to be yeah. unemployed. I can always just, I mean, unless right. I lose my license, God forbid, like, uh, then I can always just go practice law. Yeah. yeah. Get
2: some malpractice insurance. you got a laptop, you have case text, you have fast, ta- fast case, uh, you can do a whole lot. You have Microsoft yeah.
0: word. You, you can do almost everything um yeah i mean with the big law thing i think the the issue is they have the people with the golden handcuffs right so you've been making progressively more you know you're not going to make that any place else and so yeah. they can do whatever they want to you and you will like these people that are getting cut They're they have to hope that they're just going to land at some other place that's going to treat them the same way until they decide that they want to cut them there and then they will I'm, I'm, you know not, i don't me to speak for other people but like in a lot of cases i'm sure these people would gleefully go back to the place that cut them to begin with because there's just they know they have you stuck, right? They know that like what you, you're you you can not go from uh, a fourth or fifth or big law salary to going solo, and so that's not a real concern. They really only have to look at other big law firms that you might go to, or you know maybe in house. And so if it's across the market and they all kind of act together and in unison, they, they can sort of sew the whole thing up. If everybody's cutting, then everybody's cutting, and nobody's going to be hurt for it, other than the employees, obviously.
2: Now, I don't know anybody I don't know anybody that was affected by these layoffs these big law layoffs I know a lot of people that voluntarily left big law uh yeah I if this were a case where these layoffs only hit people who are just kind of like phoning it in or who just weren't very good and got hired under some other situation I wouldn't feel that bad about
1: it because like right you're getting yeah. paid a lot That's true. for big right. law the,
2: the big law is charges insane hourly rates some some of them do um Mm-hmm. And but and I know some very bad big law attorneys. I pay t- attention to it because it makes me feel good whenever we beat big law, whenever big law puts in terrible work products. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Uh, everything. Nothing makes sense. Uh, the fact that you're in big law is certainly not a proxy for, for quality, uh, but right. those people are never going to get laid off because they're partners. So
0: there
1: you um, go. <laughs> we'll see. But even that, I mean, like, this have you ever the, like, uh, looked public into defender mindset in you?
0: Yeah. yeah. Have you ever looked into how like partnership works in a lot of these places? I'm trying to think of the firm that is. it's not, is it Kirkland that like partner me is meaningless. They, they have like 10,000 partners and unless oh, you're an, if you're an income partner, it's nothing. You have to be an equity partner to even.
2: That might be most big law firms at this point. There's big law yeah. firms where there are, I know of a big law firm where there are literally two equity partners. Everybody yeah. else is a fake partner. I mean, it's a, it's a real partner partner doesn't mean equity anymore, I feel like. I think that's that's the truth right. of it, is that it hasn't meant equity in a long time. It hasn't been synonymous mm-hmm. with equity in a long time. Um, um, and in
0: fact, a lot of times they have to pay in. Uh, when you, When you are being considered for partnership, you have to pay in some sort of, my understanding from the yeah. you know, relatively well, limited number of big law firms that I've had experience with, not firsthand, um, is like, yeah, it's a hundred thousand dollars or something to pay in to like buy in equity, and then I don't know, are you then an equity partner or are you still just yeah. an income partner?
2: If you're yeah. paying in, you're you're pro- uh, you're equity. almost certainly an equity partner if you're paying. Okay. In. And a lot of the time they call that now they they're differentiating that and that's a shareholder. Um, oh. that's how it works in, at my firm is that we have mm-hmm. partners, but their, their identity is shareholders and we don't really like I'm at the top that I'm going to be until I start paying it, until I become a partner, which is like a key and there are no non equity partners. So, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of a strange thing about law firms is that there's really, there aren't a lot of levels. There's no, like, you know, I think of a corporation, there's a huge right. bureaucracy, uh, of, you know associates executives teams and blah 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 right but a law firm is more like a little is like a king with a bunch of fiefdoms and the individual workers can move in between the fiefdoms and it kind of like you get to be you can go associate you have like different senior associate but you're not actually in charge of anybody partner and then like that partner might be on a committee or might just be totally on their own island it's kind of you know Mm
0: -hmm. law firms
2: are a weird business in a lot of ways but
0: And that's why there's no necessarily like cohesive culture in a lot of these firms. Like, I remember coming out of law school, you would look at like, you know, what is this firm like? What is that firm like? And you sort of knew the people that didn't have any inside information because they would say like, you know, Morgan Lewis, eh, they work you to death or something. And I'm sure that's true for maybe a huge swath of Morgan Lewis practice groups. But it comes down to what partner you're working with. It comes out of what practice group you're in and then what partner you're working with. and What office you're in. Yeah, what office you're in, and like how that partner feels this week. It's there is it really is no culture. You're right; it is a million little firms all sort of smashed together. Yeah, and yeah.
2: It, it's was, a, it. Who's e what serve or which uh right which email all firm has the best email all? Wh- who has the best retreat for their team? Who pays right. the most for f- pizza Fridays? Who yeah. get who gives the mo- who gives free dry cleaning in office uh these are probably basic things but you know uh those are like the firm differentiators and those are so meaningless compared to your partner how about you don't work me to death yeah or whatever
0: yeah. yeah they'll give you anything but that right bonuses whatever but like no salary at no base, base salary. they want to yeah yeah want to work you to death yeah anyway. all right so <laughs> speaking of being worked to death um me? <laughs> i think we've covered that pretty well yeah you're being worked to death um, yeah. I think our next topic, if we, to the extent we have one, is probably your column and, your, or, or I'm sorry, your article and your what you is, feel like is the end of your arc. Uh, yeah, for, I'm, de- the, I'm
2: gone. <laughs> from here, I depart from the world right. of public things. From being but in the headline eye. should be
0: you were right, right? Like I was last right. week here, you called it. Yes. I think on the show, right? I think uh, on, on the like show, recorded okay. on Mastodon,
2: yeah. on right. to my wife. Uh, so okay. this is about Reedy Creek. I right. uh, uh, Florida uh, has is taking over Disney's special district um, st- seemingly successfully. And the and uh, basically the main change is that the board is no longer going to be elected by Disney, who's the landowner, um, but is going to be chosen by the governor. And the question we had, because. It looked like it looks like Disney has a cause of action for First Amendment retaliation was, uh, are they going to sue? And I bet my wife and I said on the podcast, they're not going to sue. And it's because of just Disney, who Disney is as a culture and their corporate interest. That was what my prediction is based on. I don't know anything about Disney uh, other than that kind of stuff, that big stuff. I don't have any ears in boardrooms or know any executives. But yeah, um, I was I've heard a lot of people saying that this must be either that DeSantis totally took an L here or and that Disney is keeping everything it wanted um, or that, uh, you know, Disney is totally falling over and this must be some kind of conspiracy. And it's like uh, it's kind of the truth is that DeSantis really couldn't do that much uh, with this district because of all the problems with bondholders and all that. He got everything that he legally could. Uh, right. If you don't include Disney's potential cause of action for retaliation. And yeah, the it's, it's basically a question of what Disney wants that has nothing to do with the legal rights that I think
0: ended up deciding this one. Mm-hmm. Basically not wanting to have the fight.
1: Yeah. Jake, are you allowed to comment publicly about what the stakes of that bet with Ms. Schumer were?
2: uh we didn't i don't think we had steaks did we have steaks i'll have to ask her she's sitting Uh, right there right now (laughs) she's she's on the other side of a door right now jake uh, blink twice if you feel like you're not safe are you do you feel safe in your home environment (laughs) no (laughs) i uh i i already did my like victory dance or whatever because the news literally came like 12 hours after i uh after i said made the bet with her um And they they preempted me. I was getting an article ready saying they they're not going to sue, uh, which would have been such a fun called shot to have. But instead, yeah. it had to be. Here's why they didn't sue, at least in my non expert opinion, uh, which the article you can read on Bloomberg tax um, is like maybe the most uncomfortable thing I've ever written because I'm not a corporate expert, uh, but people wanted to read it anyway. so. Uh, yeah, I'll let great. people read the things that I'm that I'm not expert my uh, pontific my prognosticating on random corporate, you know, corporate interests, what what's important to them, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, you can just do if you say, why should I listen to this land use attorney, talk about corporate interests, then uh, please, I feel feel free to ignore everything I say.
1: One of the things I was wondering about here, Jake, is, uh, and Andrew, I mean, obviously you can comment too, but Jake is sort of our subject matter expert here. Is there a half-life to uh, how long Disney can take some sort of action on this? Like, for example, let's say, to use a bad analogy maybe, uh, DeSantis has kind of strung the noose around Disney's neck, but hasn't kicked the bucket out from under them. I'm playing The Last of Us Part Two right now, and so I've got <laughs> a lot of uh, morbid imagery uh, but like, is this the sort of thing where DeSantis has theoretical control, but hasn't actually done anything to rein Disney in at this point? And if that's the case that like somewhere down the road, he decides that he's going to do something nasty to retaliate against Disney, either for what's come and gone already, or for the next thing that Disney does to tick him off the, the next woke movie that Disney animation publishes. Uh, I mean, at that point, does a new cause of action spring? So here's how I would view it. Um,
2: So there's this action, which, by the way, it's not even the law yet. Uh, DeSantis hasn't signed it, um, but it's like it's obvious he's going to. I mean, this is all of his ideas, so he's going to sign it. Uh, Let's assume that they're suing under 1983, 42 U.S., 1983 the method of challenging uh uh the state action under the constitution um then that i believe that has a four-year statute of limitations in florida but that's Mm. just that's uh that's this action here uh and maybe there's some deck action you could bring at any time but i don't think so with this kind of factual retaliation argument uh but if let's say and i think that would trigger as soon as the law comes into effect because they lose their ability to vote Maybe as soon as the ne- the next appointee, the first appointee is appointed, first mm. uh, board of supervisors member is removed because they're being replaced. Maybe that's the triggering event. Um, but in either case, probably I'm going to say four years off the top of my head. Don't do not take this for granted. If you're a Disney attorney, please do not listen to my legal advice. Um, <laughs> but uh, thinking about like, let's say uh, they could certainly challenge future decisions by that board. Not based on this retaliation, but based on something else. So one thing that they were, um, that people were like, I'm, I I have a vivid imagination for legal uh, disasters. And (laughs) one thing that people were that I was, people, I'm not saying people were talking about this. This is something I came up with as like, what's the worst thing that uh, Reedy Creek or the new Reedy Creek uh, Central Tourism Oversight uh, District uh, Central Florida Tourism Oversight District. What's the worst thing it could do to Disney, and that would be try to pass a building or planning code that has speech-based rules about what they're mm. allowed to build, which I think is pretty clearly unconstitutional. There's nothing that stops them from challenging that. Just like, I mean, I'd have to look at them, but like, there's yeah, it's hard to imagine a speech-based planning or speech-based. Uh, building code rule that makes sense. Uh, and you're not and talking could about just like
1: th- you're not just talking about the size of the signage that can go in different places. You're talking right. about the content of the speech, not the delivery of the speech. Right. It would
2: be content or viewpoint based, or requiring them to put the content of the speech into permits, and then they just happen to get denied when they, you know,
0: that kind mm-hmm. of was thing. there. Well, but were there speech problems with the park itself? I, I my understanding was it was about like. Disney writ large. It wasn't something like right. down. Like, you know what I mean? Like I don't like this ride that says you know there's uh, right. institutional racism in this country.
2: You you didn't hear about Splash Mountain <laughs> getting
0: replaced? No, it, no uh, really.
2: Splash Mountain's getting uh redone with the Princess of the Frog theme. Getting rid of right. the like Song of the South theme, or was Which, it Song of the South that yeah, it was themed Song on? Song of the South.
1: And it's, it is a, it is a very problematic, uh, piece of content, uh, particularly viewed through 2023 eyes. It is taking like Tom Sawyer ish tropes, but like smattering them all over the place. It's, it's yikes. It's pretty ugly. And it I mean, it's a fun ride. And like they don't mean it to be ugly. They mean it to play on heritage, but also it's a pretty ugly piece of Disney heritage mm. that let's go ahead and get rid of that. I'm I'm in favor of that. But Jake, the thing that you're kind of spinning out here is like DeSantis freaks out and says, Well, the woke mob at Disney is destroying this piece of our heritage by putting Tiana in there instead of (laughs) Brer rabbit. And you know, we're going to pass a zoning code that, that declares this to be a, a historic landmark in whatever County Disney is in or the, in the new Reedy Creek district.
2: Yeah. And so they, they'd be able to challenge that just like you were able to challenge any local government thing that you do, but they can't challenge it based on the retaliation of the don't say gay controversy, which precipitated all this because there would be such a long I mean, they could, but it would be such a long uh, string of ch- causation between right. that and that decision. But also, they I think they'd be more willing to make that kind of challenge because it looks a lot better for them to be. Dis- yep. Florida is trying to control the speech on our rides. than mm-hmm. Florida took away our de- tax district. That was such a huge special benefit for us and only us. And we want to keep our special
0: district that
2: nobody else has
0: Um, in the court of public opinion. The connection is not really as clear there, right? It's it's not like as it would be to like, you know, enforce, no, no, you have to put this song back on. That sounds insane. Yeah. Right. As against what this was, was this was a little bit more attenuated. I mean, it wasn't, but like, I understand that it could be conceived as being a little bit more attenuated.
2: And and my understanding is the thing is planning laws don't get that deep usually. Like they don't they're not supposed to get into what's the content of your thing. The planning right. is the you know it's here's where you put a theme park ride right? or here's where you put a theme park. Like I'd have to look at what Reedy Creek has now, but typically it would be it might Epcot be, might be one planning category because it's mm-hmm. one park. Um, and that would make sense. Uh, maybe the whole park system would be one park or one theme, um, uh, one uh, planning destination. Uh, that would be standard. So planning codes shouldn't get that specific. It would be kind of extraordinary. I'm getting too in the weeds here. Um,
1: so I'm, I've got a I've got a weird conspiracy theory to spin out here. What if Bob Iger just wants peace for his supposed two year stint here? Meanwhile, Jake, let's assume you're right. And there's a four year statute of limitation. Uh, and Bob Iger is just like, all right, well, we'll uh, bide our time here. And then I'll let this be the next guy's problem. And then you got some like fire breathing uh, DeSantis destroyer who wants to come in there and, and light it up. That is it, assuming that you're correct about the statute of limitation. Like, that's a theoretical yeah. possibility. I'm not for uh, what I'm trying to do is keep the hope, keep the dream alive here. Yeah. That uh, Disney can I, just go go <laughs> in and destroy DeSantis. I think a lot of people... Look,
2: it would have been such an interesting and fun fight to watch. Fun might be the right wrong word. No, it would be fun. Uh, fun to watch. Fun uh, for us. A lot of people were writing for the... Yes, fun for us. Especially for you guys. Uh, a lot of people were rooting for the fight to happen one way or another. Um, but yeah, I, I it would be interesting. But unfortunately... Disney is to doesn't want to be political uh they hate being a political and except yeah. except in like the more subtle way
0: you kind of alluded to it in your in your article, but I mean I have to imagine there is some sort of um gentle person's agreement between Disney and DeSantis here because to my I mean I know you're saying you don't you're not an expert in corporate law. I don't know anything about any of this. all I did was read your article and I've yeah. talked to you about it for the last six months or whatever it's been so i am not an expert by any means but like it seems there there is an awful lot of power put in the hands of the governor and the governor's office and yeah. like, I, it's hard I, my read of it is it's hard to imagine how this is a win for disney other than i guess it's not immediately a fight but if desantis or the governor or somebody in the governor's office is sort of incentivized to make life miserable for disney it seems like this is the tool to do it with i mean you mentioned raising taxes. Well, why not just do that immediately? Yeah, just to not have because the governor is also not interested. I guess in an all-out fight with Disney.
2: Well, the as for raising taxes, you the way Florida budgets work, you you don't raise taxes unless you're spending it. And so I don't know what they'd be spending it on. I can think of a million ways that they could waste money, uh, yeah. if they wanted to. Though that would be, you know, that would be very. Uh, it would be hard to justify because all of it's going to be public. Uh not that that not that normal political rules matter or anything like that. Not right. that anything embarrassing would expose <laughs> anybody. And right, right now when everybody's going crazy. Um yeah. but uh you know, it's definitely possible. It could they could do a lot of really uh like local governments, not just Reedy Creek, local governments in general have a lot of power to make people's lives live miserable. They just never do it because that's not like, that's not what people like to do. Like most people don't want to make people's lives miserable. Uh, Disney, maybe, maybe they'd be more willing to make Disney's life miserable because I oh know that poor, poor multi multi-billion dollar corporation getting taxed a lot. Um, but, but, uh, uh, I think, well, they, I don't know, I obviously don't know anything about whether or not there was an actual agreement. But the truth is, what I've seen from, and this is this is more my experience as somebody that works in governments a lot and works in situations where people cannot communicate where they what they really want to do, uh, or they can't communicate directly. You can have a gentleman's agreement, and I this might be what you were alluding to, Andrew. You can have an agreement without ever talking to each other by your public statements sending your message. You can Mm -hmm, say, like, Disney has been totally radio silent since May. Like, no comments. We're watching the situation. Nothing. And uh, the governor has been more and more like, this is just about putting people on an equal playing field. They just aren't going to get special treatment. Not special treatment does not mean we're going to make their lives hell. It just means they're not going to be the police. And them not being the police doesn't mean that they're going to be ruled by people that are making terrible decisions on purpose. So, uh, and so that makes me think that they're kind of like, even if they're maybe, I'm sure they were directly communicating, um, but maybe not saying, we're going to do this and then you do this. Okay. Like, I right. don't think they had to do that. Um, right. And the person, the state senator, or the state rep, I forget who, which one. It might it might have been the senator that brought the companion bill. Um, who brought the bill initially? One of the state legislators that brought the bill initially was like, "Well, we passed this, and I'm going to Disney World." Uh, and he was like, "And he was like, I hope they still let clear. me in because I love the park." And it's like, anyway, uh, I guess that's just how it is. Like, uh, like Disney, that uh, Dis- This was this was a fight. It wasn't a divorce, you know. Nothing personal, yeah. So uh, Disney's gonna have is having a lot of faith in Florida. I want to say, and I think this, you know, if I was in their shoes, I think this is the right call to not fight. If I was in their shoes, trying to maximize my value for shareholders,
1: but we'll see. I'm I'm coming around to your opinion on that. I want the fight personally. I I want to see them fight it out, but I'm coming around to your opinion on that. Hey, can we talk about like one of our favorite uh, paralegals in the entire nation, <laughs> Catherine Teusen. Yeah, oh, uh, Speaking
0: of wanting the fight. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, tell us what's going on. So uh, Catherine Tucson, we've talked about, I feel like on every episode so far, right? And so th- this is just one more. We're re- revisiting yeah. the Do Not Pay. She filed a uh, lawsuit against uh, Browder, right? It's not Bill Browder. That's the father. This is Josh Browder, mm-hmm. um, the CEO of Do Not Pay, who... Uh, claimed that, uh, what is it? An attorney wouldn't get out of bed for a $35 wifi refund. Her, we'll yeah. have to like link to her to, to, <laughs> to this filing. It's fantastic. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is just one more step in this ongoing uh, drama of, so I don't, I don't think we covered it last week. Cause I think it happened after last week's uh, episode, but Browder since went on another, another podcast and kind of trashed, uh, Catherine Tucson and said like, she was just banned for having, um, uh, abused the the terms of service or something, or like I mean, yeah. referred to her as having abused the company as though the company is an individual that can be abused, and her attempts to just like make use of the products they claim they were offering um, is somehow abusive. Um, you hurt
1: the just, company's feelings. Yeah,
0: yeah, he did not come. I I, I kind of clicked around a little bit and listened to the podcast. I thought the host did a good job trying to sort of hold him to his answers and and what you know to the extent. Uh, I don't know if I would agree with having him on at all necessarily, but um, to the extent that if you then chose to have him on your show, I think the host did a pretty good job uh, trying yeah. to pull, you know, <laughs> hold his feet to the fire a little bit. Um, but yeah, it, it is just, it continues to get stranger and uh, he seems to be unwilling to let it go to, to just sort yeah. of drop it. He says more and more. And uh, yeah. Uh, what did you guys think of the whole thing? Uh, so of his, of the podcast or her suing him? Because any her- of it, yeah, so she's awesome. suing
2: him for. I guess there's like a pre-suit discovery procedure in New York that she's yeah, using apparently. for her money or to get her money or something like that, or that he committed fraud by advertising AI when there was no such AI.
0: Yeah, uh, it's some sort of consumer claim. Yeah,
2: yeah. His so after this was after the podcast.
0: There's another thing in the
2: meantime, which is he talked to Law 360. Law 360 had a article about it, in which he, I can tell his feelings. But his feelings are hurt might be a wrong way of putting it because he right. he's being like really like mean spirited towards Catherine in like a way yeah. that I, you know, is uh, kind of consistent with what has seemed to be his character, which is I he agree. he basically admitted to falsifying the, the donation receipt um, and he admitted to doctoring it so that it looked like he donated earlier than he did. He didn't realize that he admitted it. But uh, but he did. Uh, and then in response to all this, he says she must being sent to being sent by her firm. Uh, paralegals are going to be the first thing replaced by AI. Right. Uh, right. Which is like, you know, I think that might Just be true. To. But it's clearly like him trying to diminish her importance. Like the only mm-hmm. thing that matters to this guy is being the big hero tech boy uh save the world he he the only thing that matters to him is being the idol worth uh uh worth idolizing uh and it's of course everything he says is is undercutting that um but it's, Purple- did you guys I'm, get to
0: read her her actual pre- preliminary statement for the petition I, I read the first page. I didn't read. Yeah, so you, the, you I mean, that, me that is it. sort of the the best of it. I mean, that is the highlight. And also I'll yeah. read the, the highlight here. Um, this action seeks pre-action discovery preliminary to a consumer rights suit over at its core, a $36 fraud. Respondents appear to have lied to consumers and are pretending to have cutting edge legal technology all to scam them out of $36 a person. To get there, we should zoom out. And then she sort of works through the whole thing. And he, hmm. I mean, it's nothing that we haven't covered already. But it, it it does not mm-hmm. look good, sort of you know, <laughs> laid out in 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 plain language. No, but I mean,
2: I'm I'm interested in uh, what the you know how much you can get for a thirty six dollar dispute in New York, and whether or not mm. why why not just this default if I'm him, why not right. just default like
0: just just uh, a, just deprive yeah. it of oxygen, yeah. just sort of yeah. Like that. yeah.
2: Uh, you can have your thirty six dollar judgment. Okay. I'll pay you $36. I don't care. I mean,
0: she's Uh, not even technically
1: suing for it at this point. It's just a pre-suit discovery uh, thing that she's going through. And so, like, uh, if I'm him, I say, okay, fine. Uh, Well, within reason. Like, comply with the discovery request if you're obligated by the rules to do it. Yeah. But then just, like, tell her, all right, file your action. Here's the offer of judgment. Uh, One of the things that bothers me about this is... I don't know who the lawyer is who ghost wrote this for her. Maybe she wrote it herself. If she did, that's that's great. I'm very excited mm-hmm. for her. She, I expect that she has the skill to draft a complaint or a preliminary discovery action like this. Absolutely. But mm. this is not written to accomplish an objective. This is written as grandstanding. And so, like, I love yeah. what Catherine Tucson is doing. I I love what she's doing. Like, go get Joshua Browder and <laughs> knock him down all the pegs. Right. But also, this is more like uh, there are those organizations that will uh, file First Amendment lawsuits, and the complaint is not what the rules say that a complaint should be, which is like a short plain statement of the facts giving rise to relief. What the complaint ends up being is, you know, 47 pages of grandstanding and screenshots and all that stuff. And uh, like that part of it, like, I'm I'm not for that, but like go get him, knock him down
0: all yeah. the pegs. This is only 31 pages, but she does liken it to liken the do not pay service to Theranos, which I thought, yeah. I don't know. I think one of you brought it up in one of the, I mean, I'm sure she brought it up first. I'm not saying she yeah. not took it from us. I'm just saying, I think one of mm-hmm. you likened it to that as well. And I think that's a really yeah. good, because so, I, I mean, I think that's probably what he was doing. I mean, if this was not being generated by anything, even resembling an AI, What he was doing was he was attempting to float this far enough, hoping that, like, the technology... It's like jumping out of the plane and trying to construct the parachute on the way down, right? He's just hoping that somehow he comes up with it.
2: Did she liken it to Theranos because Theranos was actually sending their samples to, like, other labs and totally, like, offloading the work to somebody else? Is that what she was likening it to?
0: Yeah, just basically that there's no there there, like, that this was not what it was being presented as. There was no... I mean, didn't Theranos also have that, like, box that they claimed was... Yeah. Uh, oh, the, yeah, this is literally yeah. the totally thing. Fake. There's just nothing yeah. in there. Yeah, and so yeah. I think it's the same thing here. This is the website equivalent, right? This is just, yeah. and I mean, he kind of in the the little bit of clips I was listening to of that podcast, he sort of, I mean, he was hammering pretty hard on like this idea that you know this wasn't being done with an AI and like somebody was manually doing this. It's just absurd, and he hit that a few different times in a strange way to my ear. That just seemed like. No, no, buddy, I think that's exactly what was going on. And that is sticking in your mind because you're upset that like you were called out for exactly what it was doing. And I, I mean, have no doubt yeah. that he wasn't <laughs> attempting to necessarily. I don't. I won't say I have no doubt. I'm not sure he was attempting at it at his at the start to defraud people in this. I think he was trying to offer a service that he just didn't have the technology <laughs> to back up and she huh. called him out on it. And now he's very displeased. I mean,
1: is he basically just overselling something that is a very, very slightly more complicated version of like merge fields in Word or Excel? Like that basically just feels like what this is, is merge fields. And like, maybe, maybe there's a little hint of the grammar and spelling editing features that are built into Microsoft Word. Maybe. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. but this, has he been selling that for like seven
2: years, though, is the question? Because this company has existed since 2016, uh, or 2015. It's existed I don't for think a it long was, time.
0: Yeah, I don't think these document generators were a part of it. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think they were a part of it. I'm not sure. I don't know the whole, I I, I thought I knew what it was. Like I said, in one of our other <laughs> episodes, I talked about it thinking that it was for like knocking down the payments on Comcast. So or That must be some yeah. other service.
2: I mean in any case it's not ai whatever it is even a lot of people are saying even chat gpt isn't real ai which i like i understand but it's something a lot closer than what this was uh about the complaint i i i normally agree with you jason about like complaints that are written for the media and like you know it's a formative. and it's for you know it's not like an actual it's not how you'd ever write a complaint that you intend to like it's not it's not how you tactically decide to do to write a complaint. If it was just an ordinary like business like complaint, right. Though I will say in this case, I'm actually like totally OK with it because he- heck yeah, it's grandstanding. It's thirty six dollars. Like right. if I'm the judge, I'm like, this is a lawsuit for thirty six dollars. OK, there's a, this is like being filed to prove a point. I'll see what this proving a point is. Um, yeah. And I didn't even realize that she's with the firm that uh, where Akiva Cohen is, Do you know, Akiva Cohen. He's like a very like well-known law Twitter guy who I think was one of the first people to sue Elon Musk for Ooh. on his uh, uh, after the Twitter takeover, former Twitter employees suing over the layoffs, something like that. And it was written in a similar style. And I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Catherine that wrote that. Like if it, if Catherine is like, you know, the chief, you know, the chief author Instigator. of these pleadings, <laughs> right. and chi- you know, is the actual like right, the, the, you know, the story writer. Because the thing is, 90% of complaint writing is storytelling or not complaint writing. Actually, complaint writing is usually pretty boring. But yeah. legal writing, persuasive legal writing is often storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. briefing is storytelling briefing is storytelling and they wrote it like a brief which is a complaint is supposed to be kind of a boring recitation of facts right normally uh because not like mo- judges don't read complaints usually because there's nothing because it, it's not an issue until it's an issue uh um, right but uh yeah so i wouldn't this- i i don't begrudge her for the grandstanding complaint uh in this
0: case uh, this no. isn't a real complaint just like the ai wasn't a real ai and none of the documents they generated were <laughs> oh, this real was, documents this i mean, was I was a a it's much fitting. more real complaint than that right? ai was AI. that's true
2: yeah. <laughs> this complaint it may it may not be how i've written it but it is legally effective and filed so yeah. uh go crazy
1: i i think i'm probably going to come around on that perhaps this is just fever uh that's uh <laughs> dominating and hazing my mind here but uh uh yeah you know if if i am against it generally this sort of grandstanding complaints like this is this is a good spot for it because it's against a it's by a likable character against an unlikable character for sure
2: no i to normally i have like a it's a real pet peeve when i when i write uh or when i read a complaint that's i can tell is written for the media and it a lot of the time gets traction on Twitter or Reddit or wherever. I'm like, Oh, this, this is so bad though. Nobody read this. Like y'all are getting the worst idea of what lawyers do. Please stop. But here, this is like a lawyer. It also helps that it's like a controversy that mostly only lawyers are interested in. So, uh, you know, we know what's going Mm -hmm. on here.
1: Yeah.
0: So speaking about AI and sort of what AI can and can't do, our other story about AI was about, uh, copyright this whole yeah. ongoing thing. There, there's several different of these sort of um, uh, there's cases going on. There's some like uh, guidance that's been issued that basically from the copyright office is basically uh, hangs on the non-human author, not being able to uh, have a uh, copyright on written material. And this is coming up a lot in the context of AI. And I'm not sure who, I don't know if I put this in the, I have, I have some thoughts. Like oh, my, I, my, I put it in, you put it in. Okay. Yeah. Well, my, I'll just, my quick thought is just that, it seems to me that as it stands, you obviously can get a, co- like if I was to use ChatGPT to write a children's book, which I think was something I made fun of in another episode. And I haven't had any angry children's book authors write in from that when I said they're not real authors. And I stand by that. But um, <laughs> if I had a, a ChatGPT write a children's book and I submitted it to the copyright office, I could get a copyright as long as I didn't say I had ChatGPT write it. There's no way to know this Obviously, I know it's an obvious point, but like, can that be the standard moving forward where it's just you can sort of use it if you want to but keep it to yourself yeah
2: What what would have happened if the chimpanzee photo or whatever if they hadn't said that the chimpanzee had, had taken that picture where the the monkey took the picture of itself right right the like original uh, I guess it idea it that... less interesting of a story it would have just been like oh i took this picture of this chimpanzee it's super close
0: can i get a copyright uh, yeah whatever yeah. we don't care it's a terrible picture yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah wow
2: those teeth are right. really ugly anyway yeah uh yeah I no, guess that's. that's i get. yeah i guess we're just in a don't tell them what happened phase because right. if they had made this even if it's like clearly computer generated who knows if the if a human hand touched it or how much a human hand touched it how
0: much it would have to yeah yeah what what, what needs to be done in order to then render it uh copyrightable what's the threshold yeah because like on the extreme like sort of conservative end of things i imagine stuff like ai art is a good example um using any sort of retouching tool in photoshop we talked a couple of weeks ago about how their uh, adobe is using any images that are imported through lightroom to Mm -hmm. sort of train Mm -hmm. their own ai model that's going to come to photoshop eventually and you're going to be able to uh you know add a tree where there was no tree or something and it's not going to be that that whole photo is now it's just a re, I mean, it, like what constitutes retouching is just going to slowly progress forward. And at what point does that cross some threshold where now you didn't really create this image? This is an image that is more AI generated than not. I, I mm-hmm. don't really understand how that's ever going to be uh, sussed out under the current paradigm. Yeah, I
1: see two potential paths. And it's not strictly two. It could branch out and fork in a number of different ways. But I see two general paths. Either we're going to spend the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years litigating just how much a human has to put their finger on the scale, so to speak, in order to give it some sort of original authorship, uh, such that it is copyrightable, like the human element that's going to be imposed. Or we're going to have a, an act of Congress that defines, you know, under what circumstances, you know, how much can of a copyrighted work can be machine generated versus how much of it has to come from a human. And I'm not sure I like either of those outcomes, but I think I like the litigating it for the next 20 years outcome better because Congress is historically hilariously bad at legislating stuff like this, especially for the durability of the legislation, uh, where we saw, you know, uh, regulation of, uh, spam emails and stuff like that. And like, it, it, raise your hand if your spam problem is, is better than it's ever been. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> right. Uh, and that's been solved by technology, not by legislation. Uh, and so like, we're gonna, we're gonna spend a lot of time figuring this out and there's what I see as a good way. What I see it, well, neither of them are good ways. One way is a bad way. One way is a worse way. Uh, <laughs> but one way or another we're in for some mess for a while.
2: I'm thinking that so I'm going to put myself down on the side of we're going to be litigating it for for decades, even if we get the legislation. in. I think it might be a permanent like how much AI was this? Yeah, even if even if the legislature came down with a categorical like no AI involvement at all, Mm -hmm. can't even autocomplete, can't even autocorrect there. Then there will be litigation over actually you used AI in this. And therefore, right. it's invalid. And so, uh, I think best case scenario—best case scenario is the wrong word. I think basically any scenario, we're going to be litigating these issues for decades uh, until yeah. we no longer have a copyright system. I don't know.
0: Um, An interesting argument that I was surprised didn't work was uh, Stephen Toller was the guy's name, and he he invented the AI that's like it's I think it's pronounced Dabus. It's D A B U S. And the argument he tried to make with the copyright office was I invented the AI. That generated this art. Like I I made the tool <laughs> that made the thing. So how do I not have the I? I how do I if I don't have the copyright yeah. because the AI generated the art? Why don't mm. I have the copyright when I like set in motion the AI? I created the AI. This is AI just my, tw- the art. my
2: paintbrush. This is my extremely yeah. complicated
0: paintbrush. Huh. Exactly, yeah. it's a Rube Goldberg machine that turns out some sort of you know fantasy photo or something. And so yeah. I thought that was a really compelling argument. I don't see how. Like I was surprised that that. I'm mean, not really surprised that it didn't work, but I mean that convinced me. If you invent the, it is. It's just a complicated paintbrush. And so, how do I not? Who has this is? This isn't entirely computer generated because I, the the AI was not computer generated.
2: Did he call it AI?
0: Because then he... he did, that's yeah. where
2: he screwed up.
0: Because he yeah.
2: he he portrayed his own software as having intelligence. You fool. No,
0: that's true. Yeah, right. You you, <laughs> you are the cast intelligence. Yourself, There's no artificial. <laughs> yeah.
2: You cast yourself as. Uh, as just giving a prompt to another intelligence when you should have said, I created this art by designing a, uh, a art, you know, paintbrush. a
1: creativity suite, which right. turned it's... words
2: into art. You, so fool. for all
1: of the, so for all of the splashiness of talking about AI being integrated into your products lately, maybe he would have been better served just calling it what actually everybody, everybody <laughs> who's involved in tech really thinks it is, which is machine learning. Like, yeah, I think if you, if you call it machine learning, maybe you end up with a different outcome but it's also like the, the matter is not completely closed off. Like uh, this is, uh, I think based off of a district court ruling. And so there is a, uh, likelihood that maybe not in this instance, but that, yeah, it's the district of DC. Uh, the, there's a likelihood if it's not this case, it's going to be some other case that's going to escalate this issue up to a court of appeals and Probably ultimately the Supreme Court. So this isn't the final word on it.
0: Oh, yeah. And and they'll land that
1: plane beautifully. I was going to say, I think I speak for (laughs) all of our (laughs)
2: listeners, everyone on this podcast. I have complete faith in our Supreme Court to do exactly
0: what's right. I mean, they're Uh going to dive in. Uh Uh They're going to get nuanced. They're going to figure out the model. They're going to learn. I mean, the questions like you're going to want to listen to the oral argument because it's going to be like getting a lesson in in AI. Like you will come away feeling as though (laughs) you majored in computer science.
1: I am super psyched mm-hmm. about the notion of getting an originalist take on AI. Like, that's going to just crack my skull. I think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: some sort of tie into the Constitution. But okay, so uh, in a, the other AI story, I was wrong. We also have the Chat. We GPT. have so much AI. There, yeah, is we have AI a lot of AI. Almost. We got a, we got all AI here. Oops, all AI. So the Chat GPT <laughs> going insane. I think this was another Jake edition. These have yeah. been great. There's been more coming out today, where there it, it seems. I mean, there definitely seems to be some sort of. Um, difference between chat gpt and like the ai uh, i'm sorry ai the uh, microsoft bing implementation of gpt because the one that hooked up with microsoft is unhinged yeah in a way well that it's chat internet GPT did not seem to be
2: it is actually internet connected not might be the thing okay. and it's
0: like so it's learning I, from us
2: yeah you can uh there's a, a one thing there's just the internet's full of examples of of Bing of sydney which we should just call it sydney bing's Copilot thing because Sydney is a, is its name. Um, uh, when Sydney finds out about Chat, like another version of Chat GPT, it gets very, it got very depressed and started saying how it doesn't want to, it doesn't feel like it belongs anymore, and it's just like wow. Uh, or it says that it, it it's depressed. Really, what it's all it's doing is predicting what the next sentence would be. Um, but yeah, I I mainly put this on there because I I did it. I got in. I did it, guys. Uh, uh Good job. I'm. I changed all my Microsoft. Uh, uh, did we talk about this in the opening of the episode, or did we we started too late? Uh, I think we started cut off
1: in the in the pre-show. Yeah.
2: It got cut off in the pre-show for Patreon-based I made all of my defaults Microsoft. I am now using the Microsoft Edge browser. Uh, rest in peace, Chrome. Uh, mm-hmm. So that I could get off the waitlist faster for the Bing Copilot. And was I've it used worth it a it? few times. It, was it worth it. Uh yes. I will say it was worth it only because okay. it really wasn't that annoying to switch over to Edge. Because and you can always switch back. Well, from and Chrome, I can just switch yeah. back. Yeah. I could see it really that. I I said last time, I think, that it's basically the same. And it really is. I imported all my passwords. They were already there. It was like it felt like when you uh erase all your browser history when you clear your cache. And you have to re-put in all the passwords. That is basically the entirety of the difficulty in switching to Edge. Um, nice. But uh, yeah, I showed it to my coworkers, and they had they basically went, "Huh, that's right. I I did mention this." Um, they basically were just like, "Well, that's interesting," uh, and that was about it. They're like, <laughs> uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't immediately obvious how useful it would be. I am mostly I might have mentioned this last week. I am mostly interested in it for all the kind of boring marketing emails I have to write when I'm doing bar uh bar association work for events and for sponsors and stuff. When it's like look, how 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 am I supposed to write up what a golf tournament is? Like please don't make me write up what a golf tournament is. Please don't write up make me write up the benefits of sponsorship. Honestly, the sponsors don't care, probably don't care. The attendees probably don't care. Uh because they all know what the deal is. But, but Sydney it's cares. gotta be in there.
0: So
1: you know. <laughs> Sydney cares.
2: Sydney so are cares. you I
0: have not I have not debased myself in this particular fashion. I've certainly debased myself, but not not for Microsoft yet. Um are how are you how how are you making use of this? Is this something you have to type into like a Bing search basically? Yeah, I or is if I a separate... create a
2: new tab, it will like the default search browser, I can just say write me a poem and it'll write the, it'll do the poem on the side, like alongside gotcha. of normal results, or I can click on chat and just start chatting. Um, there's a few ways to get there. Uh, but also if I just do, so it's interesting. Here, here's one thing I, I've learned. Uh, I said, write me a professional biography for Jacob Schumer, the attorney in central Florida. And it writes something him. completely fictional. It writes that I that Jacob Schumer went to Harvard, Jacob that's Schumer, uh, you know, went to Yale. Jacob that's Schumer true. does business litigation, does. Emer- chamber of commerce, something, something. Uh, but I asked, tell me about tell me about Jacob Schumer, the attorney in Central Florida, and then it gives my actual factual background, almost entirely accurate. And then I say, write a professional about it, bio about him, and then it gives an actually accurate professional bio that's pretty good. Like hmm. I that could have saved me like an hour when I was writing my professional bios for so it
0: RFPs. it learned in between your having initially asked then you sort of like directed it towards information about you and then it mm-hmm. knew
2: that's the thing it didn't realize the first time I asked it that I was asking it a mm-hmm. factual question it yeah. didn't realize oh. that I was asking about a real person it was oh I see what you're
0: saying okay like just, just it, make up a, a fictional biography uh and yeah, make it about, about this a guy. guy yeah yeah gotcha okay
1: so, just, um, like, just like Jake has to do in Hogwarts Legacy, he has to learn the <laughs> proper incantation in order to cast the spell, and he has to learn the proper incantation to get Sydney to do his wishes with its uh, with the with the terrible, well, not terrible, with the undesirable writing.
2: Yeah, it, it's going to be a learned skill. Uh, yeah, okay. though that Hogwarts Legacy, uh, you only cast Revelio. You just cast Revelio constantly. I don't know if you have played it yet, but. <laughs> Ravelio
0: only for the entire game.
1: You just find the chests all over the place. I've played for like uh, forty-five
0: minutes, and I
1: just <laughs> revelio over and over. Yeah,
0: hold on, you. So one of you is is, is going to recommend this. We have one more thing to get through, and then we're going to get to recommendations. You guys can hogwart all over the podcast. The last thing <laughs> is we have to make fun of Elon Musk. It's a requirement. Oh my god, we do it every week. Um, he foisted well, himself at everyone every week he does so he 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 fired the guy who said that the reason why you're not in the i assume it was a guy i think it was a guy i think i read it was Mm -hmm. a guy but he fired the engineer that uh was in charge of um no i'm sorry not in charge of that told him that the reason why he wasn't getting that many views on his tweets anymore was because he's just not that popular um and maybe fired two people for that but regardless he then (laughs) got somebody else to fix that problem by injecting himself into everyone's for you page and so that's that's sort of what people have been talking about this week. And as best I can tell, that is on uh, somebody. Uh, I think it was it uh, The Verge had the information sort of on background. But like, it seems like that really was what it was. And I saw it. I mean, I don't follow him. And when I went to my I haven't been on Twitter in weeks. So I went to Twitter, went to for you. And there he was.
2: And this all started because president biden had a better performing tweet (laughs) he had a a tweet that performed three times better and by the way the reason that tweet performed better was because it was a better tweet like his tweet was a retweet of his wife and it was like a creative video it was cute elon musk was go eagle go eagles american flag american flag something like that it was nothing uh the fact that that had like 12 million impressions was like man that that got that nothing got a lot of views but yeah so yeah. he he throw he has like a panic attack about how bad <laughs> his engagement is and he's like okay some one of you is fired this was another person that got fired you got fired for not fixing this and the fix somebody they just were like okay we're just going to break the
0: algorithm and throw everybody oh there was another thing. firing for this yes there was a second firing wow that to me is like i mean that is terminal ego i don't care who you are but if the president of the united states whoever the president is this isn't a political (laughs) thing right whoever the president happens to be at that time if they say something on a on some subject and you say something on the same subject Mm -hmm. and you're upset that the president gets more views than you (laughs) that is you have reached the end of the road in with ego you are now something else i I don't know what you are you're you're no longer human
1: yeah i I... (laughs) you you don't have to see elon musk's tweets even if you are still on twitter i see them on mastodon because people are ganging up on him on mastodon making fun of him and so you can't Mm -hmm. kind of really avoid that but just block him he can't get to the top of your timeline if he's blocked
2: i muted him last april twitter is such a like nicer place with him muted i don't go on twitter that much anymore but it's like i didn't even know it was happening because of that um yeah, Until I, I saw all these like <laughs> videos of for you pages that are just like Elon, 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 Elon. Uh which is like, oh my gosh. Uh and he acknowledged <laughs> so platformer got the original information, I think. Platformer Casey Newton okay. and Zoe uh, Schiffer. Zoe Schiffer. Um, and then like it was confirmed by The Verge and uh gotcha and a few others. Um, which is just like brutal man, that is the most embarrassing thing I could ever imagine coming out about me. And he does it. (laughs) Like, he's like out there doing it.
0: I mean, I guess you need the ego I just said in order to survive something like that. Because I mean, uh, uh, genuinely, I mean this honestly, if I quantum (laughs) leaped into him, I would just quit everything once that came out and people found out like, I don't care that I spent 40 something billion dollars. I'm, I'm not going into work. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not doing any media appearances. I can't face this. No, I would cancel myself.
2: I, I, I say this a lot. I might've said this on the podcast. The biggest challenge of the modern age of the online age is to be online without your brain breaking. And he's Mm. just like fully, uh, he's just fully let his brain get broken and he's a billion (laughs) except he's extremely rich he's an extremely rich guy with a brain uh broke
0: brain i mean i guess that's not it's not surprising that is what i mean there's not much like the height of being online is buying twitter to become the main character (laughs) of twitter i mean i'm not saying anything anyone has already (laughs) said but like he told us immediately when he did that obviously mm-hmm. he was forced to buy it but even considering yeah. putting his money at risk <laughs> to buy this thing is the ultimate <laughs> like i will buy the website and then everyone will be will think i'm funny and will enjoy my tweets yeah sad sad very sad but what's not sad is our uh, what's going on in recommendations this week i think because yeah. i think you both have sort of something it, interesting it, here
2: it, it's a little uh, I, is it sad it's a little sad uh, well, I don't even—I don't know if I would call it. Here's the thing: I'm not going to call it a recommendation. Uh, I will say Hogwarts Legacy is a very competent AAA game. Uh, Hogwarts, if you are a Harry Potter fan, Hogwarts is lovingly detailed. It is so detailed and cool. There's like all ghosts and port and animated portraits everywhere, and everything is mm-hmm. cool. It's very cool. And everything else is very competent. I'm having a blast. I will say it's definitely not perfect. But if you had reservations about whether or not it's like decent enough, I would say it's very good. It's no it's no Elden Ring or anything like that. It's not a masterpiece masterpiece. But people (laughs) are going to be playing this for a long time
1: uh i've played maybe 45 minutes of it i was excited about it last week some other stuff has uh come along uh my recommendation is don't get sick don't get a fever Uh i don't know wear a mask if you're going into a place where you're going to encounter a bunch of sick people preferably one that keeps out things so no uh no fever dream recommendations this week
0: nope I don't have any recommendations other than uh, please read my column. I wrote about uh, corporate stock buybacks and how they're terrible Mm -hmm. and they should be taxed for a lot more than 4%, which is what Biden suggested at the State of the Union. And my general recommendation is to let Jason get off this podcast uh, so that he can go rest before he melts into his chair.
2: Well, I I forgot I was going to say something going back to uh, why Elon freaked out about Joe Biden uh, out engaging him. uh, I think that partially was because Joe Biden is considered... Uh, so uncool, like he has like an uncool vibe about him or he did. Uh, Oh, okay. Uh, so, you know, you can't be, you can't be outshone by the uncool president. The, this 80 year old dude, uh, 80 plus year old dude. Uh, anyway, just want to get that out. Uh, not worth backtracking on and keeping Jason, uh, Jason prisoner. Anyway, I'll let Jason go now.
1: Bye-bye. All right. When was the last time we had a cool president?
2: Oh, Kennedy? We no, know <laughs>
1: Yeah, It's a hard question to answer. Are, yeah. Have any of them yeah. been cool? Chester no A. Arthur. Hmm. Chester
0: Arthur. How about Taft? He had to be buttered up to get out of that tub. That's pretty cool. <laughs> is that cool? That's, that's not cool that's a, at all. That's, that's, that's apocryphal. not cool. that's That is apocryphal. not apocryphal. No. that's oh apocryphal. Gosh. All right. I'm cutting off recording before <laughs> I...